podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Hello, welcome to the Five Year Plan Podcast. Hey, hey, Pod three eighty. Ooh, I know, I know. Uh, and it's the week the Palace have lost two one at Leicester City. Uh, joining me this week, Kevin Day. Hello to you. Hello there. Uh, oh, you're chirpy. You seem sound very chirpy. I am. I am chirpy because of one of the guests we've got on. So I'm welling up. It's like the old days. Well, it's. I don't think it's the next guy. Andy Street, hello, how are you? You're welcome, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> so lovely to see you, Andy. <laughs> and you. <laughs> Thank you, JD. Uh, good to have you on. No, I I believe it's the following guest who has not been on the podcast for a long time. Um, it's the one and only John Curran. Hello Yay. to you. Yay. Hello, everyone. Yay. I will. I- I, I am delighted to be invited back for my first time this season. You, it is great to have you on. How are you doing? He missed He missed that, Bob. I'm he totally, what, totally, went over, <laughs> totally went over his head. Just like the old days with JC saying something clever and JD just missing it completely. I wasn't concentrating. I'm so sorry. Uh, JC, it's great to have you. You look wonderful. You're wearing a lovely hat. You look, you just look, you look Thank good, you. To see, good to see your face again. Well, it is. It's good to see yours. And um, it's, 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 yeah, it's just been some incredibly weird times. And hopefully we're going to be, hopefully, hopefully soon back to some form of normality. I think we're needing it all. Totally. Twitter has become, yeah, Twitter has become the terrorists, <laughs> the terrorist stands, I think, of of us kind of trying to vent our, our thoughts. So it'd be nice to do it in the stadium. Totally agree. And we'll get more anthropological analysis of Palace <laughs> later on in the episode. And I cannot wait. We've missed it. We've not had enough. We have... we, we've got a whole section on it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, before we do that, um, guys, obviously we are sponsored this week by Serenity Massage Therapy. And every week they sponsor us. It's after a defeat, which is absolutely apt because they offer massages. Uh, so, of course, if you're feeling stressed after Palace losing, they are the perfect sponsor for the pod this week. And uh, I probably don't need to remind you that they are a leading Palace supporting massage clinic based uh on the red hill rygate borders in surrey 12 minutes from croydon 
If you're suffering with tissue pains due to lockdown, posture, stress, driving or exercise or Crystal Palace, uh, Serenity Massage yep. Therapy are ideal for you as they are changing perception of massages through education while not breaking the bank. Uh, call or text Russ at Serenity Massage Therapy on 07967 203 714 or email info at serenity-services.co.uk and quote FYP to get up to 25% off uh, for your friends and family. Uh, that's Serenity Massage Therapy, making the world a more comfortable place, one massage at a time. Uh, so thank you very much to them for sponsoring this episode. Uh, before we talk about that Palace defeat, oh, can I get a drum roll for a random patron, please? I will, I will, I will, I will, I will, I will. <laughs> nice. Very good. Uh, it's Mr. Ricky Daldinio. Hey, Ricky. Hey. Oh, hi, Ricky. Hi to you, Ricky. Thank you for being one of, uh, part of our patron. And you can get all the rewards like Ricky, like post-match podcast, uh, which last night, well, I'll, do, I'll drop a clip in later on. Um, it got feisty again. Uh, Ooh, patron who? only, who do you think? Uh, Robins, Pan Am. <laughs> Pan Am! <laughs> Um, yeah, it, it, it um, was. I actually I, I listened to it this morning, and it was extremely. I was taking my dog for a walk, and I had to stop and pause. Oh, really? Um, it, it got extremely hot. Oh, and, I, I know you could pause, dogs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, I'm enjoying the fact that people might not get the the um Rob reference. I wonder why Celsi's nickname is Pan Am, but that is. Uh, <laughs> I, st- I started listening to, to to the pod, and it was super cordial for the first twenty five minutes. I managed to listen i seems it stayed like that to the end it was it went completely bonkers it was later on but i think i wish i'd not promised never to listen to it now you missed something oh damn it's it's good it's good entertainment but it is i think john it does we'll get on to say but it it does reflect i think the mood of a lot of fans are feeling frustrated at the moment as you said from not being there i think that is Mm -hmm. not helping anyway you can join our patron and get access to those post-match pods at patron.com forward slash fyp podcast um add a quick shout out to our new merch and dies store well, i said that weird didn't i podcastmerch.co.uk forward slash fyp hyphen podcast if you are a patron you get 20 percent off uh so head over there now and get your hands on some fyp merch sounds Do you... like a terrible double act doesn't it merch and dies please welcome to the stage merch you do a retro range as well in the shop in the fyp show like t-shirts with i will on it and <laughs> Do you know what we don't but we should do we should get some i will team they sold out john we, we haven't got some, any yeah. we, we had, had a thousand they went overnight as soon as you left they sold all the i will t-shirts yeah all right let's get some i will tees in, in there and the well. tapestry all your tapestry <laughs> t-shirts they went yeah. <laughs> oh that takes me back that's been a long time anyway podcast merch.co.uk forward slash fyp hyphen podcast there you go get your hands on some fyp merch and there's new designs being added all the time so keep an eye on it uh and we, we, sh- we did a shout out to leighton hard for his birthday last week didn't we it's still on my notes i think we did yes. 30th birthday today 27th of april happy 30th birthday big fan happy of birthday happy, happy birthday, birthday leighton uh unfortunately uh palace kevin ruined leighton's birthday um mm. this week with that defeat um at leicester it's i was thinking about this before the point it's one of those palace defeats and i'm going to say it early doors it is a it's a typical palace game result and performance that has split the fans massively because half the fans and i'll admit i'm probably on this half think it was quite a good performance missed some big chances and got killed by a great goal a lot of other fans think it was another dire turgid Roy Hodgson performance where do you sit well the last thing we said on the pod last week was please God don't let it be as bad as Leicester last season and it it wasn't that but 
it was a it was a metaphor for the whole season. Really, it, it, it wasn't bad, just wasn't good enough. Simple as that. It's just it just we we could have conceded two goals in the first five minutes, and we did something really good and decided we didn't have to do that again. And it proved what we know all season. We we're not good enough to control midfield. We struggle when the ball's out wide. Really struggle when the ball's out wide. The left side was was badly at fault for both goals. And the thing is, just comes I've just come to the conclusion we will always lose to better teams. It's as simple as that. Anyone who's better than us, we will lose to. Full stop. We will put up a struggle against teams that are as good as us, and we'll beat teams, the few teams that aren't as good as us. And luckily, there are enough of those in the Premier League this season for us to stay up, which we will. But you just, you just, again, you just shrug your shoulders at the end of it because it wasn't, it wasn't dire, it wasn't despicable. But Roy Hodgson was wrong when he said we deserved a point. We were beaten by a better team. We all, some, it's, it's just, we just can't keep going on like this. It's, it's, yeah, I mean, and I don't know how many more times we can say that this season on the pod. It's just something's got to change because if it doesn't change, as we, you can't keep swirling around the plug hole. If that, you know, if we don't sort something out, then we'll probably come onto this later on. But as Lee Hendry said on Friday night, he's already got Palace down as his guaranteed relegation team for next season. And at the moment, that's kind of how I feel. Well, unfortunately, we can't use um, swirling around the plug hole as a title again because we have literally already used we've that. Thought, which I think Fourteen proves, times a season. Yeah, which I think proves your point that we. Do. I'm actually. Do you know what? I'm already so worried about next season. I've started the list. <laughs> oh my word! The, fi- the fixtures <laughs> aren't out yet. Yeah. I've started the list already for next season, unless something changes. But what, it's going to be a long next? list if you happen to come up with all the different alternatives for each yeah. game, Kevin. We've got time, Andy. I'm in a lockdown. Your your glamorous legal career. Big old spreadsheet. I mean, to be honest, you're saying like how many more times can we talk about you know this this season? There are six games left. It's every six times, yeah. So six times, yeah. I mean, it's prob- there probably will be a new manager in the summer, so it probably is the last six times we'll be at least talking about it in the context of Roy as manager, which we'll come on to later. Are you, you, you won't be surprised to know we have questions about the management situation. Let's just concentrate on the game for this one. Um, John, let's, co- let's talk about what did, did work well yesterday. The goal, uh, Benteke wins it in midfield. Eze glides forward, which is the word we always use for him. Picks out Wilf and Wilf finishes well. That Eze-Wilf link-up. And we said in the post-match pod, it looked like a sort of 4-1-4-1 formation or a 4-3-3, depending sort of where you were in and out of possession. Eze playing a bit more centrally. I mean, those two were a joy to watch last night, weren't they? And I, and I guess a nod to what could, you know, hopefully Kevin's wrong, but a nod to next season what could be, you know, really fruitful for Palace. Yeah, I, 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 was, I was really impressed with Eze. And... If I'm going to be totally honest, it was the first. I reckon it's his first game this season where it felt like he was in control, and it was against an extremely good team. And when when the team came out, I I was thinking, oh, you know, this is we're going to get rollercoastered here. Eze on the wing playing two up front, and it it wasn't like that, as you said. Eze was playing more in the centre, and that caused I thought Leicester a lot of problems in the first half. Actually, I thought. Um, uh, I thought with Luca and Gyro, they were kind of extremely aggressive as defensive midfield players, and it kind of seemed to free up Eze. Um, and the goal itself, I mean, I think actually a lot of credit goes down to Benteke. He's, mm. It was an extremely great interception stroke tackle, um, and, and he kind of started the whole kind of play going. And then, of course, when you saw Eze with the ball and you saw he Zaha was in range, you just knew what was going to happen. It's, and, and and that's the the quality with the two of them that that's 
so essential. And after the game, I kind of felt, you know, it, it's going to be as a that the team will be built around. I think more, and that—that's in a way what we'll have to be thinking about for the next kind of couple of seasons. But first half was was really good. I thought really good. Um, but in the first five minutes, you know, Dan and you know Czech were looking wobbly. You know, and Vardy kind of yeah, and and Vano, and actually, to be honest with you, I'm gonna. Um, I mean, look, this is a negative, but I, I thought Ward had one of his lesser good games. I thought he he wasn't good on the ball. He was getting caught out of position. Ayu wasn't carrying the ball as much as he did. I don't think he got fouled once. And one of the strong things about Ayu is he draws the foul. It stops the game, and you know we get possession again. So that was a bit disappointing. But the first half, I thought I thought worked well. I I enjoyed. I mean, I, I enjoy PVA's attacking more than his defending, but it outweighs his defending, I think, what he brings from an attacker point of view. Um, so first half was great, but, you know, I I kind of felt after, we were beaten by a very, very good football team. Mm. Her third, fourth, what, they're fourth yeah. in the league. They're yeah, yeah. pretty much nearly guaranteed championship. They've got a striker who's come to form, who's just wonderful to watch. Yeah. All their players are so competent on the ball, you know, and I, I don't think we should be beating ourselves up too much about losing 2-1. Um, we could have got a draw. I don't think we did deserve a draw, but we easily could have got a draw. So, striker, no. by the way, that we were linked with twice and had the opportunity to buy and didn't. Really? Because we didn't, thought he was, didn't think he was good enough. We were once linked with Maradona. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, there you but go. Not, only 10 years after he retired from football. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Say, yeah. Yeah. I think Neil the Fish arranged it as well, so that was always slightly yeah. dodgy. <laughs> Fidel Castro was his agent. <laughs> Do I got contracts at the back of the <laughs> but, but, okay, So Bottom line is, I actually think we play, we didn't play too badly at all. Um, there are so many systemic issues with the club at the moment. So just looking at this game in isolation, we didn't. we got beaten by a very good football team. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, you're right. There are issues, and, and they're the same issues that we talk about a lot on this podcast. But, but Andy, I mean, on, an, on another day, you know, Gyro, or it's not Gyro going through, but Gyro scores that, or you know, someone it's Eze running through and he scores that, and, and Palace two one up, and, and it's a different, it's a different game. There are fine margins in this, aren't there? But inevitably, a team like Leicester will come back at you, and it's a wonderful goal for me and actually. But I mean, overall, were you impressed with Palace, or did it did it frustrate you on Monday? Um, I think it was uh, Dom who said on your pod extra that all it demonstrates is if you don't take your chances in the Premier League, particularly against a good team, you're going to be punished. I mean, it was just, the, the winner was so sensational. It's absolutely brilliant shifting of the ball. And then the the finish is just, you know, just so much power with so little backlift. Impossible to get to. Um, ultimately, yeah, I was, I was only left frustrated in so far as you know, Ben Teke on another day might be better with his header in the penalty area. Another day, you know, notwithstanding that Gyro isn't an attacking force, you might have still expected him to try and slot it when he's through on goal like that. And obviously the opportunity costing him not even taking on the shot is truly huge, really. It's good defending from Johnny Evans to get back on him. But I, I mean, I, I got to the end of the match, and it was—it's always frustrating when you lose relatively late on. Um, and I, I think there's no getting away from that. But it was still—I I thought a really good performance against the really, uh, as John says, an extremely good side. So I, I, I struggled to see the basis for those who were complaining vociferously because um, it seemed 
like a light year to my to my eyes at least away from the Chelsea lineup performance uh, application and so forth. I, I, I must admit, I was a little bit concerned when I saw the lineup before the match yesterday. I was concerned that we were going to set up exactly as we had against Chelsea, where against the three at the back system we've been flooded. Mm. And it did look at first as if we picked pretty much the same side, and I was concerned that we might see the same sort of systemic mismatch. And that didn't turn out to be the case. There were tweaks to the system that we've all spoken about. Um, and I, I thought it was a creditable performance against a team that's going to pro- most probably qualify for the Champions League. So I, I, I think you'd be quibbling a bit too much to have a massive whinge about that game, in my view. It's strange because I think the one thing we all said on the last pod, we all predicted that Schlupp would come in for Eze for this game. Yeah. And I think when he when we saw the lineup, we all thought this, you know, this is going to be a problem because if we, if we play a rigid four four two, they they play those two wing backs so far at the pitch. We thought we're yeah. going to they're going to get behind Van Arnold and Ward very easily, and they didn't. That that didn't transpire. The frustrating thing is that we were on the verge. We constantly, like, especially in the first half, we were on the verge of looking like we could do good things, and it's almost like well, we scored the goal now. That's fine. That's enough. And I think the frustration in the second half, and a lot of the more sensible Palace fans pointing this out is is we get to one all and he doesn't bring on a defensive midfielder we go two one down and he does bring on a defensive midfielder and it's like what did Batshuayi Mateta have to do it's almost like he was respecting the 2-1 it's almost like he thought well yeah, we don't want to lose this 3-1 4-1 that doesn't matter the goal difference is gone now it's not going to make any difference in whether we stay up or not so it just seems odd. Again, we I know we had that conversation with Mateta, people around the club saying, well, he's for next year. But if he's not getting any sort of experience at the Premier League level, why is he even on the bench? It, it, it baffles me. You know, and We'll have the same conversation about Batshuayi again. Why bring him? Yeah. Well, I think I think in a way that would, that, would, that was one of the big heated debates between Sells and Rob was about. But there's also another issue there. I mean, firstly, Benteke currently is the best striker we have. Yeah, um, And secondly, there's no incentive for Roy to yeah. play a young player to give him experience. Definitely. He needs to, he needs to think about his win bonus, Roy. He, if he hasn't been given a contract, we don't know, but let's say he hasn't, then all he should be thinking about is his win contract. That's all he, that's, yeah. There's nothing else he needs to worry about apart from trying to at least climb up another place so because that will get him more of a bonus. So this idea of why doesn't he play Mateta or maybe Batshuayi because he can score goals, but there's no incentive for Roy at the moment. Well, yeah. apart, apart from winning the game would, would be my answer to that. It, it, when you're 2-1 down, that, to me that seemed like a strange substitution. If you brought McCarthy on 10 minutes earlier and thought, OK, we'll, we'll dig in and try and get the point. But when the game's suddenly gone, that it just seemed odd to me to, that was the time McCarthy came on. Because, you know, we had been, you know, they, they had created far more chances than we did, but we had been getting away with it to an extent. So yeah. it didn't look to me like they were going to score more goals. So the opportunity was there. And we'd seen... We'd seen with with Riedewald and, and Zahar that they were vulnerable straight down through the middle, and and so why not bring a player on like Batshuayi and Mateta who can get at them straight through the middle? It would, it would have taken one simple pass because that, that's again that's a frustrating thing. Two really simple passes brought us a goal and brought us that chance, but it seemed that we couldn't do it again. It seemed because they they didn't change the way they defended after we scored the first goal. Yeah, they just carried on in the same way they played because they know they're going to get goals or they're going to get chances. Yeah, well, certainly at the moment. 
being that our defence is the third worst in the league, which is another issue that I maybe we might come on to later on. But that is the biggest. That's a bigger worry for me than actually the who plays up front and and subs. Although the subs are a big issue. Pete Carter has messaged in strange substitute. Oh, hi Pete. Strange substitutions again. Maybe someone on the panel can explain why at two one down with two strikers on the bench he brought on two midfielders. That's what Kevin you were alluding to earlier. Um, as John says, it was sort of Benteke versus Mateta that, that got a bit heated on the post-match pod. Alan Hughes is one of our patrons. Hi, Alan. I said the same thing. There's an option to start Benteke and bring Mateta on for 20 minutes. Benteke out of contract. We need to see if Mateta is good enough. Benteke was okay, but no, nothing in the latter part of the game. Not giving Mateta any time is bizarre. This seems to be a big issue for a lot of fans, Mateta not getting game time. I mean, my personal thought on the subs last night was I, 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 I thought McCarthy on for Gyro was a given fairly early on in the second half. I think Gyro was on a yellow quite early in the yeah, game, and I yeah, felt like yeah. he, there was a potential for him to get sent off. And I just felt he wasn't quite uh, there. I thought Luca had a really good game, and I just felt like I needed someone else alongside him. So I thought McCarthy made sense. Um, Schlupp, Schlupp would have been my first sub to be. Schlupp, Possibly, maybe even would have started for me. I think, like you said, Kevin, we all thought he would. So that made sense. And then I guess maybe at some point, yeah, maybe maybe for the last 20 minutes, you do chuck on the forward. But as John says, and this is a big issue at Palace, everything, contracts, manager, is being left for the last minute. And that does yeah. probably create an environment, as John says, of game by game rather than, and so I said this in the pod last night, as fans, we want this season to be over. We are done yep. with this season. So we're all looking to next season. And that's what we do as fans. We look forward and we hope and we get excited about the future. And Mateta, hopefully, is part of that future. But currently, clearly, he's not part of the present for Roy because but Roy doesn't have that incentive. As John, I, I understand. If there are tactical reasons for making changes, that's fine. But I still can't see why you can't make it a one-for-one, like-for-like replacement just for the last 10 minutes. Well, if you want to carry on playing the same way, fine. But give Mateta a chance where Benteke is to see what he can do. Because he's not suddenly going to turn into a Premier League quality player at the start of next season. If he's if he's only played 25, 30 minutes of the Premier League, and especially in that time, we've seen him score that goal against Brighton. So it, it, it's, you know, is it a fitness issue? It, if, again, it's, it's something else that always we come talking about. Is it a communicate, you know, is, does Roy think he's not physically strong enough? Does he think he's not mobile enough? Does he have to learn the English way? In which case, why not tell us? Mm. Simple thing to do. To be fair, um, Andy, we were saying this at the start of the season with Eze, weren't we? we Eze was in and out of the yeah. team and we were saying, well, yeah, yeah. we're not going to see the best of him until he plays regularly. He is now playing regularly and, you know, arguably we are seeing the best out of him. He's improved massively. So, is that something that you think Roy should apply to Meteta? Where do you stand on the Meteta versus Benteke thing? Because I think, I think, you were right that he had a good game, I think, last night. Probably should have done better with that header in the box. Had a second one later on that was a bit harder. But I thought he played quite well. But would you have liked to see Mateta later on? Or are you happy for next season to see him then? Um, I think we're going on pretty limited information on Mateta because we haven't seen him all that much. Mm. And that can be spun both ways. But equally, when we have seen him start against Brighton, obviously those who wish he would play more speak to the... <laughs> absolutely outrageous finish for that goal which is fantastic to watch and those who uh, are slightly more sceptical of his current standing to get into the team and say well he, he didn't hold the ball up at all and Palace were massively second best in terms of possession in terms of territory throughout that entire match Benteke comes on late in that game and scores the winner um, I, I think you'd be it would be pretty harsh on Christian Benteke when his form is as it is. And he has the best all-round game of any of the strikers, in my view, for him not to start. Equally, if if you have this player for a period, 
in Mateta, I, I, I can't see why you wouldn't use him every now and then. I mean, it, it seems strange that he's not used at all. And I can see that, you know, as fans, quite often we forget the subs that haven't worked. What we imagine in our minds are subs that haven't in fact been made that would have had a determinative effect. What we don't end up talking about quite so much is the subs that are made where we were calling for them and they don't end up being ones that work or ones that are the, the, the subs that end up having a counterproductive effect. So all that being said, uh, you know, it'd just be nice to see him come on every now and then. I don't know if last night would have been the right match. Um, Leicester are an extremely mobile team. They're extremely fast. They're very direct. A player like Mateta, who I think would hold on to the ball as well as Benteke, leaves you a bit more vulnerable, I think, to some of the quick, incisive counter- counters that you get from Leicester. So I can see the case of not bringing him on in that game. But can you make a case of basically not featuring in any game? That it, you know, I think fans would want to see him come on. And I, I can see why. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. I think uh, um, it is weird, isn't it, that we are, John, we are talking about Benteke in his, basically his, his best form since that first season. Six, three in three in his last six, is that right? Three in his last six? Three or and five, I think, yeah. Three yeah. and five. I mean, his form is very good. It's still obviously not fantastic or you know matching any of the other top Premier League players but you also have to realise that he is also one of our 12 or 13 players out of contract the guy is probably playing for a contract at the moment as well so he's another one we don't know what's going to happen in the summer it's very very difficult to get inside the mindset of Roy of Benteke or even the Mateta to know what's happening at the moment to know where, where to go forward from this isn't it it's um it's a difficult situation with everything sort of hanging in the air yeah, it's hanging in the air. Yeah, like the, the lack of crosses <laughs> to him. No, but um, no, I, I, yeah, I mean, JD, this is this is the problem, and this is why. Not that there has to be clear transparency, and every Palace fan deserves to know absolutely everything that's going on in the club. But the fact that there is so many questions. It it means that you know we we start making up our own hypotheses, and then. You know, fans are told that they're stupid and et cetera, et cetera. And it's it's really hard. So, um, but I think back to the but you're right, Benteke is having the best season he, he's he's had, apart from his first one. Um, I think it's about him and Zaha, how they link up, that's crucial. And that goes back to the, the Mateta and Batshuayi thing, that they've definitely got something the two of them can click, even with Zaha playing out wide. Um and you know the big question is: Well, is he worthy of a new contract? And if it if if there is a considerable reduction in his in his fees, um, then then that that might be a you know that might be a, a case in point. But it also depends it's, on who's it, the manager. Not 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 you know if it. I mean, look, there's a guy called Chris Wood who plays for Burnley, hammers in a hat trick, you know. And I don't know how many goals he scored this season, but that's because the manager plays to that forte of that type of player. Right, you know, and Benteke should have got one of those headers yesterday, but they both came from static ball crosses, which were corners or a free kick, I think maybe one of them. But he didn't have any other cross to, to meet in, in the whole game, not one. And where Leicester were playing with their wing backs who were firing down crosses, coming in, you know, diagonal balls. And we, we just weren't getting, there was a lot of play of the quick passing we were doing, which was nice to watch. It was all on the floor. 
outside the area, then it would break up and stuff. So I still feel that if we could just play a little bit more to his strengths, then he can miss those two headers. But there'll be another two or three coming his way in the case. This is what John yeah. says is exactly what Lee Hendry was talking about the other night. The, the contract issue won't be resolved until the manager's resolved. If 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 Roy's our next manager or Sean Dyche is our next manager, Ben Teke will probably stay. If it's Frank Lampard, he probably won't. But the thing is, Lee Hendry and Clinton Morrison were talking the other night on the Premier League preview. With Clinton said, "Well, you know the whole, as we've said, sometimes be careful what you wish for." Steve Parish will wait for Roy Hodgson to make his mind up, and then they'll decide what they're going to do. And Lee Hendry says, "If you haven't got that issue already resolved now, you're in massive trouble. Mm-hmm. If you don't already know who the manager is for next season now." With the eleven players out of contract in June, you haven't you've run out of time already. It's too late. You can't you can't get a manager in at the end of the season and go right. Oh, by the way, you've got three weeks. And then these contracts going to be sorted out. And when we've sorted out the contracts, we'll let you know how much money we've got to bring in players for the season that starts again in another six weeks. But we know what Palace are like. The chances are there is the chances are they are waiting for Roy to make his mind up, and then they'll start looking for managers. But they need they, they surely for the love of God they've got something in in place now. Sure, I don't. And again, I don't know why Sean Dyche would want to come. They've you know the American billionaires have just taken over at Burnley. Why would he want to come to Palace? And also their blast in the table. I can't see the logic of Frank Lampard being attracted to us, just financially and having a budget. Whoever it is, it's got to be resolved now. And if it's going to be Roy, then he's got to be told now, and he's got to be told how much money he's got to bring players in. Yeah, I mean, that uncertainty, to be fair, is, you know, seeps into the, I'd actually say the terraces. I mean, none of us are, none of us are there, but... It, that uncertainty, I think, makes fans feel jittery, and I think that's why we're seeing people reacting vociferously on online because they're jittery as well about the future. So I think that I think the sooner that is sorted, the better. But obviously, unfortunately, we don't know when it's going to be, and we will just have to to wait and see. Um, and we do have questions on that for part three, which obviously you know we will come to at some point. Just going back to the game quickly, we've got one one more question from Mr. Andrew Stewart. Hi, Andrew. Hi, Andrew. Yes. Seeing as we concede a lot of great goals this day, these days, was seeing us concede Ian Atcho's stunner more typical Palace? <laughs> Are we allowing that, Andy? Uh, no. <laughs> there you go. Sorry, Andrew. It's not typical Palace. We should just do a whole pod of people come up with suggestions. Is this typical <laughs> Palace? Yes or no? And I'll be I'll be blunt without giving any reasons. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Let's say ask an open question. Let's, let's, go, let's go. Yes. You know. Yeah. Let's go. Yes. Then. It was a it was a great goal, and uh, we, we only remember the this the uh, yeah the ordinary goals, don't we? So even though it doesn't happen to us any more than it happens to any other club, let's say yes. Before before we get listeners' questions, JD, can I ask a question? Yeah. On on a scale of one to ten, how bad was the dust up between Chelsea and <laughs> Plainsy? I would say. <laughs> Chelsea and Plainsy. Chelsea and Plainsy. Put it this way, JD had to intervene after about 10 minutes. Oh, three then. Oh, really? Yeah. As bad as that was. <laughs> <laughs> JD broke it up. <laughs> I'd say it was typical FYP. Uh, was it, was it about, was, was Chelsea defending Roy as usual, or was this about substitutions? No, nah, it was about it was about what we talked about earlier, about Benteke versus oh, okay. Benteke, right. really. Which seems to be, to be honest, a big debate amongst Palace fans in general, yeah. if you look online. Um, and they both came at it from equally informed and <laughs> I'm trying to be diplomatic here, robust <laughs> angles. And I love them both. And look, we're on, you don't have to say it out loud, but we're, we're on Zoom. Just, just twitch, <laughs> twitch your left eye if you <laughs> think Sells it is all right. 
<laughs> okay. Anyway, we're going to take a break. It's, we're going to go into, actually, I'm going to do a clip. I don't know if I'll do that clip. I might do a little bit of it. But we'll do a clip from the post-match now. So this is from our patron-only uh, post-match pod. If you are listening to the patron version of this episode, we're going to go straight into part three. But if you're listening to the public feed, uh, this is a clip from our post-match pod available to our patrons. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, Select Quote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. Select Quote. We shop, you save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Don, what did you think? Because I think we were kind of agree. I thought there was a, a, a general element of agreement that our midfield was kind of falling deeper and deeper further back. And it just missed it. It lost a little bit of its its bite a little bit. And that kind of then invited them on. Did you do you agree with, with Adam there? No, I thought I thought that McCarthy could have come on earlier for Redevelt. I thought Redevelt yes. uh, yeah. um, there was there was a moment where he he fouled a Leicester player at um about ten yards outside that box. And his immediate reaction was to look to the referee and raise his hands and say, oh, I didn't mean it, I didn't mean it, because he knew he'd been booked already and he was running, a, he was basically walking a tightrope. And I thought that was actually the moment to that McCarthy should have come on. Um, and it was a bit, it was only two or three minutes before the goal, the second goal. I mean, I'm not blaming Redevelt for the second goal, um, particularly, but... But I, th- I thought that was that was the moment I, when that when the ball went up for the first substitution. I thought it was going to be Redevelt that was coming off and and McCarthy coming on. I didn't have any objections to the Townsend thing. I thought that there might have been an argument to put Schlupp on wide, but but Schlupp and all Townsend playing in that role is you know it's much of a muchness to be honest. I, I don't have as many objections as you, Rob, as on the Mateta front. Um, I suspect that if there had been a third substitute to be used at that point, it wouldn't have been Mateta anyway, it would have been Batshuayi as a striker to try and pill for a goal like it did at Everton. Yeah. Just, it, it, just, it, it comes back to the recruitment side of things and to me, it comes back to that and saying, Roy, what kind of striker do you actually want us to sign? Do you actually we, think that, that that conversation ever happened? Do you actually Absolutely think- not. Absolutely well, not, because, because, but then the argument would also be the reason why they didn't have that discussion would be because the the other striker that they signed, Batchwai, has been sat on the bench the entire season. So it is one of those things, like there, there is this kind of... Yeah, but Rob, you're, you're implying again that Batchwai sat on the bench and it's been a disgrace because he's been so good. He no, hasn't. He hasn't, he's he hasn't there, earned How, how he can hasn't, you say Rob, that he hasn't he's earned, earned a place it. in the team? Because he hasn't. He's played up front. With his, with, I was listening... Oh, he's played that front so with Benteke tired of this against... discussion. I'm sorry. I'm so I'm, tired. I'm sorry if you, I'm you so... played that front against I... Burnley and against Newcastle with Benteke, I think. No, not I think Jeffrey Slap actually played the second game against Newcastle. 
he's had his moments and he hasn't taken them. And I'm what a we, fan. What, I want to sign it. But, all but he we hasn't know, done well enough. Adam, all that we ever hear is how Roy is not to blame for, for anything going wrong when it comes to our attack it, the no, way that we, I think we it's set too up easy. our attack. You, you blamed him for Max Meyer last week. He can't get a game in Cologne. No, I didn't even say that. I just said. Since he's been there. <laughs> Again, Adam, all I but, said but, but Rob, last week... Rob, let's not go back. No, no, very quickly, very quickly, very quickly, because it's, it's, it's important. <laughs> all I said last week was that I don't think the club really knew what they were doing when it came to recruiting a player like Max Meyer to go into a midfield run by Roy Hodgson. That is a, that, there's no denying that. When you look at every player... That no, there Roy is Hodgson, denying it. I don't that, know what the club was doing, signing exactly. a player... I like to play in the midfield of any Premier League team, but not Crystal but Palace, not specifically Royal any specifically Premier League when you look at the players. He would not get a game in any other Premier League S- team. Right? Specifically, That's why nobody wanted him when he was free. Specifically, when you look at all the players that Roy tends to play in his central midfield, they're of a certain kind of build, they're of a certain kind of athleticism, they're of a certain kind of mentality. And Max As Meyer they doesn't are at nearly every and Premier League. By club. all means, but Max Meyer doesn't fit into any of that. And at no point does it seem that they actually discussed that with him and, and said, This is the kind of player he is. Is he going to fit into your team? No. So then then there's clearly a disconnect if we end up signing strikers like like JPM, like Mateta, and then not play him. What is the point? And I understand well, your the argument will be it'll help. Position, his competition at the moment is a broken in the best form he's been in. No, he hasn't. He had been up to that point. Yeah. Oh, up, yeah, to the point. Talking, <laughs> up to the point you're talking about, he's now in his best form he's been in for a number of years. And that's why he's not in the team. And that's yeah. fair. That's how it should be. If he's not in his best form and he's not scoring goals, I agree that he but shouldn't be think, playing. But he is. I get that his contribution today was... I mean, he helped set up the first goal with, with that challenge. There's not much else. Up to then, you yeah. won, he actually watched it for the first half hour. How many shots did he well. have? He had two very good headers, but he should. Well, he had two headers that he should have done better. Should have scored both. And, yeah. and, and, but he right. So he's missed. He missed two chances. Basically, he against Chelsea. Well, if you can't recognise, <laughs> if you can't recognise <laughs> the impact that he made in the first half hour, then you're not watching I, the game of football. I, 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 I can yeah, recognise the impact yeah. he made, but I also think that a striker should be scoring goals, and he hasn't scored. Well, he hasn't he's, scored he's two. Our, he's today. our most informed forward player at the club. Yeah. Right, because we're not letting any other any other forward player play in his place to well, see whether they can do the job. Justify that in I think, current, current anyway. form. Uh, you you yeah. might Mateta might be a world beater. He might not. All well, we won't know because Carroll. we're not playing him, so we can't tell. Well, he, he, that's that's just the reality of it. Why bother signing you know any other happened? strikers? There's just no point because the manager won't well, play be so them ridiculous. and we won't see if they can play. Don't be so ridiculous. They all get their opportunities at different times. And who's in form and who's in Mateta possession? Mateta got his opportunity blows. and he scored against Brighton with a ridiculously good goal that helped us get on towards winning the game. Yeah. So, and no, and then, no, 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 no. Let me take you back a second. <laughs> Two minutes ago, you talked about how we were dominated by Brighton in both the games. We were that's dominated we couldn't, by them. Yes, that's because we couldn't hold the ball up when we were playing with our centre forward. Benteke coming on made no difference to that either. No, this, he just this, happened to score the idea, winning goal at the end yeah, of the game. It made not... no difference at all. <laughs> no, sorry, you know, I mean, you should drop him for that, just... of course. No, yeah, but... You are on another planet. It's amazing. He's been, Mateta scored with probably one of his first touches in the game. 
and after having no service whatsoever and you then end up bringing on Benteke for the last five minutes and we give him all the credit for that and scored that goal and he did a brilliant job with that goal but the option that the manager went with rather than saying the guy that actually did something out of nothing when we created when we when we actually provided him with service when the, the guy that that has scored in Benteke is someone that, that has been getting service and hasn't scored goals. I don't I, I just think, I just think that if you sign a striker, you should at least play them a, f- a few times to give them an opportunity to influence the game and have, a, have an input. My brother-in-law died suddenly. And now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, Select Quote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. Select Quote. We shop, you save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Well, there you go. That was our post-match podcast if you're not a patron you can get access to that literally every game at patreon.com forward slash fyp podcast um so if you like the sound of that sign up now three pounds a month is the cheapest actually three dollars a month that's about two two pound a month is the cheapest option and there are various other tiers that include merchandise and whatsapp and all sorts of stuff so get involved uh but we are now cracking on with questions. Oh, and before we do that, I need to remind you, we're sponsored by Serenity Massage Therapy, making the world a more comfortable place one massage at a time. Call or text Russ at Serenity Massage Therapy on 07967 203 714 or email info at serenity-services.co.uk and quote FYP to get up to 25% off for your friends and family. I was thinking, Kevin, actually, maybe we could do an episode where Rob and Selzy are arguing, but both having massages at the same time. Do you think that would, that would help the argument? Of course, they need a couple of big tables, wouldn't they? Uh, uh, You're yeah, supposed to relax when you're having a massage, JD. Have you never heard of what a massage involves before? Well, yeah, I, don't know. I don't know if that would help. It, it, people it, don't it, tend I to know. go in for a massage and shout while they're having a massage. It would be worth it just for the sound effects, though, basically. <laughs> just for the soapy massage sound effects. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be like a scene out of The Sopranos. <laughs> They're not quite muffled because they're both be sort of face down. Yeah, Rob would, yeah. Rob, Rob would have his jumbo jet dressing gown on. He's not taking that off for anybody. So he'd have his Roy dressing gown on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dom could be the masseur. <laughs> Dom's got it's a very Dom calming voice. Dom. Dom. Dom's Poor got a very Dom. calming voice, actually. So I think that he would. What that has would he done to deserve it? <laughs> anyway, anyway, let's 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 move on from that. Uh, well, we've got questions Please here. Do. Um, from uh, well, do you know what this first one it's not a question it's a tweet sent out by a Mr. Daniel Gabidon Ooh. oh Ooh. no it didn't actually tweet, it didn't actually was, hasn't been sent to us but I saw him tweet the Daniel Gabidon the Daniel the Daniel Gabidon the Daniel Gabidon blue ticked and everything wow, wow. Yeah. he's a very good pundit actually I think he is he very good. good he is excellent and I'm actually thinking yeah. I might try and 
drop a message, see if we can get on the podcast sometime. I'm sure his memories yeah. of his time at Palace yeah. would be fantastic. But he tweeted this after the game, and I thought I'd put it to you, Kevin, actually, because it's always interesting to get the insight of ex-pros, especially when they have actually played for Palace fairly recently. He said, um, it's going to be an interesting summer for Palace in terms of playing squad and a manager who have done an excellent job considering the resources available. Not sure what direction the club wants to go in, but this decision needs decision-making decision needs to be well thought out or you can't help but worry. Is that where you sit as well with this? Because I think the direction idea well, is interesting. What way do you think Palace are going to go in the direction-wise? I don't think we'll go in any drastic direction. I think Frank Lombard would be quite a drastic direction. I, I, my, my worry is that whoever takes over as manager by Christmas will have Sam Allardyce or back in anyway to try and save the situation. But they, they, I, I still think... The most likely option for me, I still think, is Rory staying. And then the second most likely option is is Dyche, because I don't, it, I, I, yeah, we've said it. I don't. Frank Lampard isn't quite in the Frank de Boer scenario, but I think there's a world of deal. I know Frank Lampard cut his teeth at Derby, but it's a it's a world of difference between stepping down from Chelsea, a Champions League team with quality players, two quality players in every position, and and coming to Palace with. Maybe thirty million to spend. If if that, I don't. I don't. I'd be. You got to remember, he did only have one season at Derby where he failed to get them up with Tamori, yeah, you know, a good I, team, yeah. spending quite a lot of money. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we're being beguiled by the Lampard name, mm. and we're all kind of flattered that he's he's being linked with us. And suddenly, you know, we we saw one particular bet. So I went one to three uh, overnight because of information they'd received. I, I still think. It's too glamorous for us. I mean, I still think it's too much of the, the Frank de Boer in that in that for us. Um, having said that, I, you look around and you, this is why you keep coming back to the options available, and you keep thinking, well, maybe it will be will be Roy. But the, the, Danny Gabadon, Daniel Gabadon, I beg your pardon, is is absolutely right. Whatever whatever the outcome is, it, it should be known now. It should be in talks either with Roy about a new contract. Now we, we shouldn't be in a situation where we are going. Great, he's been, he's been, he's kept us up. You know, let him decide because you know you could be waiting for a long time before he decides. You, yeah, this is a it, it, we're talking about a Premier League football club here. We're not a Sunday team. We're not a, we're not a, a level six or seven team. These are, these are super tankers. They take a long time to turn around. You know, there's a lot of infrastructure to turn around. There's a, yeah, and I, I certainly don't think we'll be looking at a, a manager that comes in and changes the style of play, and suddenly we're playing through the thirds and keeping possession because we, we 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 haven't got the players to do that, and you can't recruit enough players to to do that in a short space of time. So you're looking at a manager who has to be a better version than than, than what we've got, and whether that's Sean Dyche or not. I don't know. I don't, I, I, you, don't, you don't look at managers in the championship. And the people that talk about Valir and Ishmael, it's like, no, 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 no. You, can, you, you don't look at managers in the championship and go, yeah, there is an exact fit for us. Our options seem to be seem to be worryingly limited, basically, which is why I think we'll end up with, with Roy again. Yeah, well, it's all, it's all timing, isn't it? You know, it's all timing as to when you're making the changes, as to who's available and what stage of their course, career. Of Ishmael, in five years' time, Ishmael might be a fantastic young manager, but it's, it's very, very early on for him. But this idea, John, of, of the direction, though, I mean, uh, Kevin alluded to it there. Do we think that Pal the, the, the Frank de Boer situation still weighs heavy on Palace's mind in terms of going anything even slightly bolder than a Sean Dyche or Roy for another year? It wouldn't surprise me. I mean, because the Frank de Boer situation was so bizarre. Mm. Um, it was bizarre even before the four games because we 
we could see what he had done at Inter Milan, um, which was completely screw them up. So I, I was surprised from that. And I agree with, I agree with Kevin. I think the Lampard situation or the talk of Lampard, um, it, it fits in with that mold. Um, it's a bit kind of Pardew-esque um, in, in that. I don't think he's, Lampard's done nothing to really say he's good enough to be a premiership manager. Um, in, in my opinion, uh, and he definitely won't be coming to Palace as a project, mm. um, you know, and, and that's why I'm kind of thinking it through. If, if there were someone like Daesh coming in, I don't think it would be a massive step up from Roy, but it would be someone who might see the challenge as a project, can build that type of football he wants to play, that maybe it's it's a Burnley 2.0. It's an upgrade on what what's happening at Burnley, which is actually really good. Um, but he does that over two or three seasons. Um, where Roy, for me, it would be another kind of safe season. Um, but my, my, my fear for Roy is this, that over the last four seasons he's been at Palace, he's kept us up. And most of the time he, he's kept us up quite safely. Um, but it is about not just keeping us up, but working with a very limited squad. And in a way, I'm quite surprised that he's kind of stayed here. Um, and my fear about Roy is that he's part of the systemic problem now. He's been institutionalized in this is this is kind of palace. Um, and that's not his fault. But I don't quite see the point of Roy having another year at Palace. It means he won't be building a squad. Um, they, they, you know, uh, of course, we will we'll keep up, and that's the number one most important thing. But it doesn't feel like anything in, in relation to kind of we are evolving. One, just last, one reason to keep Roy is because of the uncertainty around COVID, the uncertainty around transfer markets, uh, even the kind of shock of the Super League talk might mean that there has to be another pause next season and we just muddle by. Mm. Um, and we don't, we don't know what, you know, and, and if that's the case, then go with Roy, full stop. But we'll have to be accepting of that, that we're going to get the same type of football we've got this season. Well, so before you go to Andy, there is that worry. And I, I, Steve Parrish isn't the sort of manager who thinks short-term solutions, but there is that worry that you've, you've got to attract people back. Start of next season, let's assume everything goes really well and we can all get back next season or you can have at least 20,000 people back. Steve Parrish reads social media. He's got to sell those season tickets. There are a lot of Palace fans who won't want to go back and see that football in real life. It's as simple as that. So it might be that Steve Parrish thinks, Christ, we have to do something in the short term, glamour, which, which makes me wonder that he might go for the, the kind of Frank Lampard short-term excitement bring in a Chelsea reject, get Batshuayi on permanent, and everyone goes, this is brilliant, I'll buy a season ticket. And then come December, everyone's going, why did, did we get rid of Roy Hodgson? He would have kept us up. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think there'll be such a desperation for fans to go back to the stadium. I think the, everyone's maybe, missing maybe so, so and, yeah. and we hate watching at home. I think, I think fans will return this summer regardless, but I think you're right. There will be a lot who will return and will instantly be on Roy's back and want him out. There was a question from someone and I've lost it earlier, but it said um, that with fans in the stadium, Roy wouldn't have lasted this long. And he thinks that there'd be a lot of pressure and, and, and maybe some would, I think a lot wouldn't, but maybe some, some would, um, but there is, but you don't know with fans, with fans in the stadium, we might've played better. You don't know. We've, we, he may have made substitutions earlier on, you know, the famous 
Salas Park effect might have, might have got us galvanised. So, it, again, it's one of those arguments, as Andy says, you can't you can't answer them, and he's a lawyer, so you know he's all about not answering questions. For his, <laughs> he his loves not answering questions. <laughs> it's, it's pretty much. I think and Andy, I was going to come to you because I think with Roy as well, and, and John saying, you know, there's a big decision for the club to make in the summer. I think there's also that romantic angle in, in the terms that he is Mr. Crystal Palace. He's yeah. he's from the area. He played for the club as a kid, and, and in a way, if you say goodbye to Roy, you're having to kind of terminate that. You know, and maybe maybe it hasn't quite worked out in the way that it would have been. You know, it's 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 Roy, it's Palace. It would it seemed like a sort of perfect marriage, and it maybe hasn't worked out for a lot of fans in the way they they'd want it to be done. But it's going to be a hard decision for I think. And we know Steve is a romantic chairman. We know that, and we know he's passionate. It's going to be hard to say goodbye to Roy. I think when you harder than it would have been to a Frank, for example, when you sort of add in all the romanticism of it being Mr. Crystal Palace. Well, because he's done a significantly better job than the Frank. Yeah. You know, it was easy to say yeah. goodbye to Frank De Boer because he'd done an appalling job and things were going a terrible way, regardless of what one might say about the entertainment on offer at Palace and even the underlying stats this year for our defence and our uh, chance creation stats and all that sort of stuff. The, the, the results have been extremely consistent on a sort of 28-game rolling basis for all of the time that Roy Hodgson has been manager. Um, and so I, I completely take people's point about entertainment, about their uh, excitement or the lack thereof in, in watching Palace and how they played for that period. But the, re- the reason he's been in charge for so long is, is because of that consistency. It's, it's no surprise that he stayed in that job for longer than a significant number of Premier League managers do. Mm. Yeah, it's it, the, the entertainment thing is so interesting because we get we get questions every week about it, and it's nearly always split. So I've got Michael Middleton and, T- and Hi, Tim, oh, and Tim Mayers. Hi, Tim. Both saying uh, no. Sorry, My- Michael saying it finds the football really uninspiring. Then we've got Tim Mayers and Danny O'Sullivan saying best performance of the last few weeks. What do fans want? Like it's I I don't really remember a manager that split the fans down the middle so much, Kevin. I think when it was Pardew, everyone sort of accepted this is falling apart. When it was Frank, everyone knew it was it was pretty dire. But I don't. I don't Roy, remember, it's really fifty fifty. I, I don't remember the golden age of being entertained. When 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 have we had a season in the Premier League where we've had a, a brilliant? No, I, 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 I don't agree with that. I, I think that we were entertained under Poulos. I think, I think we, we knew what not we the were football, Not the football. We knew what we were doing. Oh, it was, the quality of football. We haven't, no, seen, we haven't seen football no, played by... No, well, 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 no I disagree. I, I think what we saw under someone like Poulos was the fact that he had to play in a certain way, but the team played, it felt just as one. Then we had the likes of Balassi, Punchin, Speed, Shamak, and you knew that you were going to strangle a team with the, with the atmosphere. I totally agree with that. But all of a sudden, we became this team of a unity... Under Pardew, when Yelenak had to go and play for Australia, and we had Jimmy Magledley and Punchin playing in the middle, it became so exciting. You know the types of football we were. And I think when we talk, when we're talking about entertainment, and some fans saying we're bored, I think the problem is it's being directed at Roy, at Roy, and that's where the problem. The issue is that we've got the oldest bloody squad in in the league. We have got two, you know, midfield that is is are like oil tankers. It feels there's no there's nothing that apart from just breaking up the play, and then we haven't got any speed to break with. So. It's, I, 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 my kind of question where I, I'm still in disbelief is how did the club let it get to this? So when people are saying it's boring, it is. We've got the oldest squad. 
you know, there's 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 no kind of quick, you know, quickness. And Roy's having to work with what he what he's kind of got. If he's there going, these this is the squad I wanted, this is the squad I've developed under the house of Roy, that's a different, you know, that's on Roy's shoulders, right? But this this is the oldest squad in the league. What other type of football could we think about having? I think ultimately, maybe, well, maybe in, sorry, because I just answered John's point there. Because maybe you have to make sure. a distinction between uh, entertainment, entertainment, and enjoyment. Because we might have enjoyed those nights at Sellers Park when we ground out a one-nil win with twenty-eight percent possession, but they weren't entertaining, and the rest of football didn't think they were entertaining. And, and now we've, we haven't got either. We haven't got the entertainment and we haven't got the enjoyment of the atmosphere. That's because Which, there's no no one's got yeah. the enjoyment of the atmosphere. But yeah. And, yeah. and yes, it comes down to you're absolutely right. How has it how has it come to this? But it it might have been this season that with full stadiums, it, it would have been like the old days. But it, it, it kind of is like the yeah, we've we've always played like that. We've always been a team when we when we're exciting to watch is when we get the ball and we lump it essentially we get the ball up the pitch as quickly as possible to which is as we know from Keith Millen was Pulis's plan get the ball to Balassi and, and Wilf as quickly as possible because the rest of you can't do anything with it yeah so, but, so there's never been a goal when people when fans hop back to oh yeah we want entertainment we've never had it no, but um, what I'm saying is we don't even have those players now who can no, do fair that. Point. Yeah no no fair that's point. that's the problem. That's the point. Yeah. And Ecom well, I, I just got two points to make. Really, the, the first is that I think it's uh, it seems to be widely accepted amongst some fans that the lack of entertainment is just a product of Roy Hodgson being manager, and that may be a tenable line of argument or may not. But certainly, I recall the the season where we had Loftus Cheek mm. and Wolf in the team, and that first half against Brighton, which was about the most electric first 45 minutes I've seen as a Palace fan in a significant period of time. And then the 5-0 against Leicester at home where Loftus-Cheek rounded the keeper. That they were. And even the games earlier that season where Townsend and Wolf played up front on their own, you know, that it was football that I would say was enjoyable and was entertaining. Um, unfortunately, Palace now are Wilfred's RFC, let's, let's be honest. So that when yeah. Wolf plays well and is on form and is fit and is enjoying his football, we can be entertaining. You know, it, it, it can happen if he is not fit or not in the team, or if the opposition find a way to nullify him tactically or in terms of the uh, defensive methods they use against him, or for whatever reason, he's not enjoying his football, which, you know, can sometimes palpably be seen with Will, then we're not entertaining. And it's pretty much that simple. I mean, I, I had a conversation with uh, some, fan, uh, some fans of Leeds to friends of mine early in the season. Before the game at Selhurst, they said, what do you think? I said, well, if Wolf plays really well, we'll probably beat you. And Wolf played really well and we beat them. Yeah. And later on in the season, they said, oh, what do you think to the game at Ellen Marin? I said, well, Wolf's not in the team, so we're not going to beat you. <laughs> and do you know what? We didn't beat them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, unfortunately, it's, it's become almost that simple for, for, for Palace over the development of the last few seasons that are... Fate and that of Wilfred Zaha are so intertwined that when when he is producing, we are producing. Yeah, well, which I think goes back to the point early in, early in the podcast that this Wilf as a link up is exciting in terms of going forward because that does seem like someone else finally that can shoulder the burden burden that Wilf has of making things happen uh, that is improving game on game. So I think that is certainly an exciting thing, hopefully going forward. But it, it, again, it points to a very big summer, and we've been saying this on the pod every week for the past however long it's going to be a very very crucial summer for Palace in terms of what they do in the transfer market and what they do with the manager um, and really we can only really talk about that 
as and when things happen, yeah, which of yeah. course we will do um, on the podcast. Um, very finally, then we've got one question. Well, we've got a couple of questions here from people, but you guys are sort of covered it. S. Shannon, oh yes, had said um, worst, worst, third worst goal difference in the league tells you all you need to know. Who's going to sort out our defensive if Amanda's not known for organising? Actually, that's not what we talked about at all. We haven't really got time. We haven't got time. <laughs> so I'm so sorry. I thought this was alluding to um, having an ageing defence, which we sort of touched on earlier. Uh, the defence is, is an issue. Uh, we'll have to come to that, I think, next week, possibly. But um, Do you think by the 400th pod, you might read the question before you uh, <laughs> verbally articulate it so that we know it's coming? Yeah. Maybe it's only a few months away, so I, I, I'd, be, I'd be surprised if I'm, if I'm totally honest. I think you may have more questions about the defence after the Man City yeah. game as well. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. One I wanted to read was, was from Bravo Romeo Alpha Delta. Hi, Brad. 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 Hi, Brad. He says, um, uh, "Why can't Roy? Why can Roy not see the link between the oldest team in the league and the team that concedes the most goals in the last 15 minutes?" Just the stat that popped up on Sky last night. Mm. Got to make those subs. Earlier, Roy. Well, we've talked about subs earlier, but I think, again, it's a nod to the fact this is an ageing team uh, and that is obviously going to create huge issues. And that's why I wanted to mention the defence as well, because that is obviously an area we know has suffered in terms of injury. But, J.D., ultimately, we did make the, we did make subs yesterday that you would say are probably geared towards getting more legs in the team quicker. And yet fans complained about that. So, yep. you know. And, and Johnny I, Evans is 35. He is. Yeah, yes. So, and also, if we have got an aging team, how do we know it's Roy's fault? Again, we don't know who's in charge yeah, exactly. of recruitment, and we, and we know that the younger players that are being brought in are not in defence. You know, we're we're probably unlucky that um, we got a defender from West Brom who yeah. looks like he's still six months away from playing. Yeah, who is young. Yeah, you know, the only argument with Roy is why doesn't he play Mitchell? But you know. Well, we, we have yes. we, we oh. potentially have got we've got young talent we've got um, the other young lad who's been on the bench so we have potentially got young talent but Roy's not the only manager every single manager we've ever had has talked about yeah. being reluctant to to throw in younger players in the Premier League especially when you're at the wrong end of it so it's not well, it's not just an issue for Roy we saw Raksaki, didn't we? Who who has been yeah. impressing a lot for the youth team uh, on the bench? Was he on the bench last week? I think so. Yeah. We, we would see him potentially. Mitchell, I think again. I've one of my notes here actually just says PVA question mark question mark question mark. So I did actually want to talk about PVA, but I forgot to bring it up. But I think I actually think the Mateta Benteke one is an interesting debate. I think the PVA Mitchell yeah, is a much yeah, more yeah, is much more pressing. I don't PVA keeps putting in performances like he did last night that I think suggest what, what you know what has he got on Roy? Why is Mitchell not playing? We know we are defensively better with yeah. Mitchell. I really hope that we yeah. do see more of him going forward, especially as we know that PVA is leaving. At least with Benteke, there's a chance that he might stay. So you could argue he's playing for a new deal. PVA yeah. we know is out this summer. So to me, that is more of a pressing one. But anyway. We'll talk about lineups in a minute because we're going to come on to the Man City game at the weekend and preview that briefly so we can talk about whether we think Mitchell will play. I mean, spoiler alert, yes, I think he should play. Um, but really quickly, Mitchell, Michael Phillips has got one. Hi, Michael. Hi, Michael. Um, Hi, Michael. With foreign travel banned for holidays, which beach are the Palace team currently on? <laughs> a UK beach, I guess, Kevin. You know, <laughs> I would so. It's the one around Thorntheath Pond, isn't it? <laughs> 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 it can't legally be any others, so... There we go. I mean, it, they call it, it the Selhurst Riviera, I believe. <laughs> oh, and that's the title for this week's podcast. Congratulations. <laughs> well done, well Selhurst Riviera. Um, right, okay, let's take a quick break, and after that, we'll preview uh, this Saturday's game against Man City. My brother in law died suddenly. 
and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Welcome back to the Five Year Plan Podcast. Hey. Hey. Sponsored by Serenity Massage Therapy, making the world a more comfortable place one massage at a time. Massages may or may not be done by Dom Firefield. Call or text <laughs> us at Serenity Massage Therapy on 07967203714 or email info at serenity-services.co.uk and quote FYP to get 25% off for your friends or family. Good deal, that. Um, right, Kevin, Man City at the weekend. The early kickoff. mid yep kickoff uh not i mean when you look at the form city in at the moment yes they're still in a couple of cup competitions but they could put out their third string team to be honest and it would still probably be the best team in the league it's always going to be difficult what are we expecting from palace and what are you expecting from the match in general it's been a lot of talk in the last week about the beauty of the premier league being that any team in it can be any team in it but at the moment i don't think that's quite true to be honest i i think and it gives me no pleasure to say this we are entirely at the whim of Man City as to how many we get beaten by essentially I I, I, I suspect Eze played so well last night as John said that because oh, my, my my thought was even before the Leicester game that you would have to play Townsend and Schlupp against Man City to have any any sort of chance just to shore it up defensively with two players who can still get forward from time to time you obviously hope they have a really difficult game tomorrow night. You obviously hope that subconsciously they know they've won the title and that they want to concentrate. But it, it's just ludicrous. It's laughable. I mean, they they played Tottenham off the pitch in, in the cup final on, on Sunday. The scoreline didn't reflect that. You know, we, we've always got a chance to score goals because, again, I think they've got centre-backs that we can get in We can get in behind. But you you just have to really, really hope they have... And the trouble is, if you do do something stupid like score early on, it's you know you've got to time it. So it's literally got to be another ninety-six minute goal when they generally haven't got time to, to do it. But I've, I've, I fear a little bit. I'm, I'm pleased we have got. We're going to stay up. There's no doubt about it. But the other thing, and it's a strange one, the early kickoff sometimes plays in your favour as well. It's just you know it's, there isn't. I mean, whether that's logical when there's no fans at all, I don't know. But it's, you know, they'll have had to get up a little bit earlier at their hotel and they might be a bit cross. Who knows? The, the, <laughs> the eggs and bacon might still be laying heavily on De Bruyne's tummy. Who knows? I don't know. But you kind of, you, here's one of those games where you think, let's let's get this one out of the way. And then I think we can get points of Liverpool and Arsenal and I think we can get points of everybody else. But I, I, I generally can't see us. Yeah. Although, having said that, it does go back a little bit to to John's point, and that was under Roy, that New Year's Eve game, the nil-nil, when Celeste was as as rumbustious and fractious as it's ever been, and we really set about them right from the start. So it's not impossible, but it's, it's unlikely, isn't it? And it, there'd, there'd be no shame losing to Man City, let's face it. 
No, not this current team. And the thing is, John, Man City, their biggest quality, I mean, they've got a lot of qualities. Their biggest quality really is they are relentless. And as yeah. Kevin says, if you score an early goal, yeah. they keep coming and coming and coming. You never get the sway of the play back in your favour. You have to be, I remember when we beat them at the Etihad and we did the post-match pod with James Gocroft and he said, he said he couldn't believe the concentration and the mental focus that Palace players had. It would have had to have been unbelievable and it was to hang in there and they're going to need to do something again similar on Saturday because this, this City team are just relentless and they, they will keep coming but you know did we did we see bits in that Leicester game that make us think we could maybe hurt them a little bit no Get something no <laughs> no, no, no not at all oh Miss JC <laughs> no I, th- I, th- I think I, <laughs> look I mean there's to reduce the amount we'll lose by Man City are playing pa- in Paris tomorrow evening yeah. Um, and then they have to be 12.30 in London. Is it at home? Yeah. yeah. Okay, London, so, yeah. you know, there's a lot. So they, But they've got such a big squad, I don't really think it matters. Um, I think, I mean, uh, the PBA thing, um, I think I, I enjoy his attacking play, but I don't think it's going to be needed. So there, there does become a call for Mitchell to start. Yeah. Yeah. I also actually think yeah. that maybe Clyde as well, instead of Ward, as a means of, I don't know, just positioning maybe a little bit more speed. Okay, um, yeah. IU, I think, shouldn't have started against Leicester. Agreed. Um, but I think he should start against Man City because he will be the one who can maybe draw a foul and stop the game. And that's pretty much my tactical stuff uh, <laughs> for the game. So um, the one thing about Man City, they haven't spanked anyone um, goal-wise for, I think it's been one or two. So I know. So that, with Scott Dan playing... <laughs> Uh, and it's great because it'll be my son's 12th birthday where he's having a football kind of get together in the afternoon so I won't be able to watch the game 12.30 John you can see you you can get it in before the afternoon well it's one o'clock it starts so you can get the first half hour in (laughs) I feel like you've timed that yeah I think you've timed that on purpose John Um, Andy what are you what are you expecting uh from this game uh, what am I expecting well Manchester City have won 30 out of 33 <laughs> games they've gone on a record breaking winning streak of 20 games they've won the EFL Cup for the fourth time in a row Pep Guardiola wins the trophy on average every 27 games in his career <laughs> is that true so what I'm, yeah. oh my yes. god <laughs> So what I'm, I'm expecting is Manchester City to win the game like they win nearly every game. And then uh, some people who are Palace fans to be very upset that we didn't give it a go, air quotes. Uh, right, well, why, didn't, why didn't we play Mateta? <laughs> why, why, were, why weren't why we wasn't precisely that? as lucky as Leeds were when they ended up having uh, two shots and winning against Manchester City's 35? Why didn't we just replicate that winning strategy of being extremely lucky? Yeah. Well, actually, well, Leeds, Leeds' goals came from a 30-year-old as well. Yeah. They did. Maybe, maybe we're on to something. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's true. That he's done, he's done very well from this season. All right, Andy, let me ask you a question that uh, is, is more leading, I guess, or is more open. I'll be the judge of that. <laughs> you're not a judge yet. You know, don't get ahead of yourself. You've got years before you're a judge. He hasn't JD, got enough money yet uh, to retire as a judge. Can we focus on the important point here? Is that the question can't be leading and open, but carry on. I know, I realise that. I tried, I tried to, yeah, I realise I, I said that I might. Judge, judge Street. Um, <laughs> uh, That'd be a good character, wouldn't it? A DC character, Judge Street. <laughs> <laughs> Just a very facetious character that doesn't help anybody. <laughs> <laughs> he's got like pun- you know me. 
he's got an, do anything. He, he's, he's got an apartment on the Selhurst Riviera. <laughs> In fact, he's not even a judge. He's just very judgy. He just judges people. He doesn't actually help anybody. Um, Andy, how can Palace hurt Man City on Saturday? Well, as I've just said, by being extremely lucky. Um, that's, that's not an answer. The... What is an answer? Because if you're going to beat Man City, you need to have just the most amount of luck. They will create a shed load of chances against you because they do against everyone. You are hoping and praying that they miss all of those chances. And then you're hoping that you get something on the break. And Palace can sometimes break quite well. And you have to hope that of the one or two chances that you get, because you probably won't get many more than that, that you put your one or two away and that they fail to put all of theirs away. And if all of those stars align, and sometimes they do, you might come away with something from the match. But nine times out of ten, you won't. In fact, no, probably more than nine times out of ten. I think for the benefit of our listeners, we should point out that JD asked that question and sat back in his chair, threw his arms out and did a fake mic drop. <laughs> like, he'd, like he'd asked the best question. <laughs> like in, in, those the movies, in those movies. Just because he put in how at the start of the in question. The, yeah. It's like in those movies when they're in the law courts and I've just done like a sort of a really just a really poignant it, speech to the it, judge. I mean, it, 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 it does say a lot about Man City that part of the strategy is that they're going to be flying back from Paris. <laughs> um, they're, they're, what, what we want is for Paris and Germain to win the game one nil <laughs> yeah for one of their players to get injured and then yeah. for Luca to make some awful tackles before getting sent off yeah yeah, yeah we're not be... we're not we're not directly telling people to stand outside the hilton in croydon with fireworks <laughs> till 3am but if it were to happen you know yeah. <laughs> these things do happen um i think we should wrap it up there guys thank you very much we covered a lot of ground uh but oh, you did it expertly uh jc great to have you back on the podcast yeah it's yeah, great yeah. to be on it thank you Top man, we'll definitely get you on again if you're up for it because it's been Brilliant. too long. Yeah, thank you. And Andy and Kevin, thank you very much for joining me as well. Always a pleasure. Absolute pleasure. Fantastic. And uh, thank you to our listeners uh, for listening. We'll be back next week um, after that Man City game. If you're a patron, uh, you'll get the post-match pod. Who knows what will happen this week? Will it kick off again? <laughs> Only one way to find out. Join our patron Hello, at patreon.com/fyppodcast. And Smudge has come to say goodbye as well. So that's a good timing. So goodbye from the four of us, the five of us, including Smudge. Uh, have a great week, and we'll see you again soon. Goodbye. Thank you for calling Vast National Bank. How may I transfer you? Yeah. Oh, wait, did you just say transfer? Uh, uh, no, I said uh, help. How may I help you? Um, okay, uh, never mind. Uh, I have a question about my account. Okay, let me transfer you to accounts. Hey, whoop. <sighs> Don't let a big bank make you feel small. How about a community bank? Shake your phone to find yours or learn more at banklocally.org. Podcast Network.